Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of Fat Mascara is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. Therapy is a safe space to get those things off your chest. Plus, it can help you develop coping skills that make your life easier. I will give you an example. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've probably heard me say it to Jess or to a guest, reframe. Well, I learned that technique from a therapist. Here's an example. Now that I'm a freelance writer and podcaster, I get lonely working from home and I feel like I'm never gonna get to collaborate on projects again. And that's the truth. Reframe, I get to choose which projects I work on. So I'm in control of what I work on. And if I wanna collaborate more with others, I don't have to ask anyone's permission. I can just do it. See what I did there? That's reframing. If you've been thinking about starting therapy or are looking for someone to help you process things and give you coping skills, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mascara today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash mascara. Again, betterhelp.com slash mascara. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less, they're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. Hello, everyone. It's me, Jen. 
So get excited. Jess is coming back next week. So on Tuesday, it'll be the both of us and you won't be subjected to me all alone. Well, it wasn't just me. It was some fabulous guest co-hosts we've had this month. And um, I'm so thankful to them. So today's episode is one of our interview episodes and we have Dr. Maria Vasquez. Before I get into who she is, I have some very exciting news. Okay. So today is Thursday, March 4th. You might be listening later, in which case still listen to this announcement because you can still be involved. But tonight, as in Thursday, March 4th at 8 p.m., we're having a silk pajama party online at newness.com and you're invited. And it's totally free. Okay, so Newness is the new live streaming platform for the beauty community. And we're going to be hanging out with our friend and former Fat Mascara guest, Daniel Martin. He's Tatcha's global directory of artistry and education. And you probably know who he is because we talk about him all the time. He's the makeup artist who did Jess's wedding makeup you know, and Meghan Markle's and like the makeup of a million other celebrities, but whatever. We'll talk about what's important. So you can sign up for newness at newness.com. It's totally free. takes just a few seconds. Then log on tonight at 8 p.m. Again, it's Thursday, March 4th. We'll be hanging out with Daniel Martin in celebration of Tatcha's newest product, which is a silk powder. Listen, if you can't make it tonight or you're listening to this episode over the weekend or next week or months from now, Newness records all of their live streaming so you can listen to it later. You won't be able to chat with us and have the whole streaming uh, experience, but you'll still be able to see the hang and um, get some tips from Daniel and just have fun with us. So we hope you'll join us. And now on to the show. So I have been wanting to do this episode for a while. Um, We're calling it Ask a Gynecologist, and we source most of the questions from all of you in the Fat Mascara fam. And our expert is Dr. Manuela Vasquez. She's a physician based in Torrance, California, and specializes in obstetrics and gynecology. Earlier this year, she created La Maria. It's a line of wellness products for women over 30 who are experiencing hormonal changes. So the Hero product is a feminine moisturizer called Carioca, and Dr. Vasquez created it because 50% of women over the age of 50 complain of vaginal dryness, and she wanted to recommend a product to her patients. She wasn't really happy with what's out there. Um, I should preface this whole thing by saying, yes, we will be saying vagina and vulva a lot. So if you're listening with family or young ones and they're not ready to have this whole conversation, just be forewarned. So in the conversation, we talk about all of your gynecological questions. We source them from you, like I said, how hormone changes affect your skin, what's normal when it comes to the appearance of your vulva. And we touch on some hormonal conditions that may affect your health and appearance as well. By no means am I saying this is the end-all be-all conversation on women's health. Honestly, we could probably do 10 more episodes and still never get to all of the questions that are out there. But we do touch on some important topics and I think it's a start and I really hope you find it as helpful and informative as I did. And so let's talk to Dr. Vasquez. Welcome. Welcome to Fat Mascara. Um, This is a super special episode. We've done this in the past where we have like ask the expert. We've done it with a pharmacist, a dermatologist by much demand. And because you're really helpful and decided to agree to it, you're going to be our ask a gynecologist. But you're also, you're an OBGYN, correct? You're like, I do are both. all gynecologists do obstetrics as well? No, you know, we I, we all train um, in both obstetrics and gynecology. But, and then some people decide to just stick to gynecology or just do obstetrics. But I think the majority of people um, do both. Okay. Cool. And you're the founder of La Maria, which I think will come up when we're talking about our hygiene and appearance section. So what I'm just going to let you know what we did here. We asked our listeners 
questions they wanted to ask their gynecologist. Either they never had time to, they were too embarrassed to, and I've sort of sorted them into sections. And I feel like before we even get into that, the basic question that a lot of people have is like, if you're having a checkup with your gynecologist, like how much are you allowed to ask them? Like, what's the longest you've been in there with a patient? Like, and what point do oh, we wow. wear your patients then? <laughs> so the the longest I've probably been in with a patient is an hour, but that's that's a rarity. Um, I think for a, an annual exam, if it's your first time coming in, um, it's probably a 30-minute visit. I mean, okay. you, you have a lot to cover. You know, you're just getting to know the physician. The physician's just getting to know you. You need to go over your past medical history, your past surgeries, your medications, your gynecological history, your OB history, your sexual history. That all takes uh, quite a bit of time. And then, of course, you're there to answer people's questions. And I think for the most part, um, the time allotted is enough. But, you know, you should never feel rushed. You should never feel like your answers have gone uh, your questions have gone unanswered. So I don't know. I think most physicians nowadays, we have we all have email. We all have nurses that are yeah. you know, very receptive. And so if you at all felt like, you know, you even walked out and there was a question that you didn't get to ask, feel free to email. You know, that's what we're there for. I think our goal is to make you feel like it was a good experience and you got all of your questions and body parts covered that needed to be covered. So yeah. um, don't ever feel rushed. And then if it's, you know, if you've been coming in annually and you know the physician and, and she she or he knows you, then it's a 20-minute visit where, you know, you're just catching up, making sure things are still great or not great, um, and addressing whatever concerns you have that year. You know what I was thinking about looking at these questions? You probably get similar questions over and over again. Having listened to patients for years now, what's like a myth, a question that you get the, the same question, you're like, this is a myth and I need to dispel it. And this was actually one of our listeners' questions as well. What's like a myth circulating that you'd like to dispel? I think more than myth, the most common question I get yeah. is, is my vulva, does it look normal? Does my vagina look normal? Does it smell yeah. normal? Is my discharge normal? And 99.5% of the time, all of it is normal. That doesn't mean that it, it looks exactly the same as the girl that came before you or will look the same as the girl that came after you. There is no gold standard of what is the perfect vagina and vulva that we're comparing to. Um, we are all essentially normal in our own ways. And um, I think more so the, the question about the odor where, you know, we all have an odor. We all kind of know our odor. And we, we notice when, you know, oh, we had a workout and took a little while to, to, to take a shower. You notice some changes and we know kind of our, our norm. And so you... And it's all completely normal. And I think it's funny, you know, I have patients who come in complaining they're there just to discuss their odor. And I am right up there, you know, a year ago, I wasn't wearing a mask and I'm doing the pelvic exam. And I say, I promise you, I smell nothing. And they say, I swear it smells terrible. And, you know, some of that is your, your I think, own personal, um, what, what you're concerned about. But the majority of the time, 99% of the time, it is normal. Not to say that, you know, if you're having a fishy odor or if it smells sour or if it just doesn't smell right for you and you just know this isn't this isn't how I usually smell, then then you yeah. do come in and you know we'll check it out. But the majority of the time, all of it is is totally normal. I will tell you, I want to say 50% of the questions started with, is it normal too? Dot dot dot. So that's good to hear. And also to hear. Is it normal for you? Like to think like, you know what your everyday is like. If it's abnormal for like your everyday, that's a good indicator. Yes. I would yes. guess. Like a visual 
visual cue of something or a smell cue or whatever. Um, somebody also asked, what's the most frequent piece of advice you give patients? Is it that they're normal? <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, and just, you know, accept, accept it, accept it. Cause that's you. And that's what makes you unique and special and different and, you know, different from the next girl. So yeah, I think we are, we are so hard on ourselves and we're so quick to judge ourselves. And I, I think that that's one thing that, um, especially us as women, we are so hard on ourselves. And so I would like every patient to walk away feeling, oh, you know, I think more than anything, I want them to walk away feeling like they have an extra little pep in their step. Like everything I heard sounds good. Um, and if it's not good, we'll, we will find a treatment plan. There is a treatment plan. We have a plan in general. So even the things that, you know, if you find out something isn't normal, you should walk away feeling like I am in control of my health and this is what we're going to do. Yeah. So on that note of wanting people to feel good when they leave your office, I know you make products for vulval and vaginal health. And we had a lot of questions start about appearance, but also about hygiene. So can you tell me, someone asked, just a general feminine hygiene question for cleaning your vulva and or vagina, what is acceptable and what's not? So less is more. If, if your vulva and your vagina are great and you don't have any complaints, leave it alone. Don't do anything to beautify it. Don't, don't use, don't douche. Don't use feminine wipes. Um, I mean, if, if, let's say, you know, you work out and you just want to clean off. I mean, that's fine. Make sure it's pH balanced. Um, but we really recommend that you stay away from any kind of um, feminine hygiene uh, like cleansers, like mists or anything that has fragrance in it or harsh soaps. So really the only thing you, you really need is just lukewarm water. When you shower, let the soap that you use to wash your body kind of just run over the area. And that's good. And definitely you don't need anything inside. Um, okay. And so inside, I, I hope, I hope most people, actually I shouldn't hope, but like the vagina is the inside, correct. the vulva is the outside. Yes. Um, it's funny you mentioned pH because we had a very specific question about this. Um, a listener asked, meanwhile, I've taken all their names out because I didn't, just to be safe, I'm not sure if they were ready to like commit to that being the person who asked the question. So I love said, that they were willing to even put their name out there. So that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. She said, I've seen lots of companies that use vaginal pH as a marketing term for things like lubricants or cleansers. Why does that matter? And how much does it matter? Like, is it marketing or is that actually important? No, it's actually, it is actually very, very important. For outside um, products, not so much because the, the important part is inside the vagina where the pH, we all have acidic vaginas. So the pH is usually between like 3.8 to 4.5. Okay. And it's our, I like to think of our vaginas as a garden of, a garden of flowers, right? So you have some roses, you have some daisies, you have some tulips, and they all live happily in their own little beds. And when they're happily placed, your pH is perfect. If you, let's say, have a yeast infection or some other kind of infection. Were these flowers our, back, our happy bacteria? Or, yes, or what is this? Our, oh, our okay, flowers okay. are. I was like, flowers is pushing it there with the, the odor <laughs> and the like visual, but okay. Flowers are, <laughs> are, are happy. Um, are, are, each flower is its own little bacteria. Okay, got it. All the good bacteria that, that you need in your vagina to keep it balanced, essentially. It's, the vaginal ecosystem stays balanced with all these little bacteria. And if, you know, you introduce something that throws off the pH, essentially you're changing the balance of all those little flowers. So the roses will overgrow the daisies and then, you know, you'll have weeds over um, by the tulips and it essentially throws off your, your garden and it's, it's hard to bring it back to that 
normal pH of, you know, for of that acidic pH of 4.5. So when they say, you know, your this lubricant is pH balanced, that's great. You want it to be pH balanced to the vagina so it doesn't throw off your little garden and so it doesn't throw off the good bacteria in your vagina. So that matters if it's a product that could end up inside of your vagina. Right. So with like cleansers, is the reason that someone might say it's pH balanced because there's a chance some of it could get inside? Just in case, but you really shouldn't be putting anything inside of it. That's why I'm asking, because like like you said earlier. But it's a nice, it's an added bonus. Yes, I definitely would. If you are going to use a cleanser for whatever reason, I would say use a pH balanced one Um, so that it's not an irritant. You want things that are non-irritant to the vagina and the vulva. Okay, that makes sense. Then we had a couple questions about visuals. Um, one of them was, is it normal to have freckles or spots pop up around the clitoris or labia? I guess she's talking about the vulva in general. But the pop-up was interesting to me, like meaning like it wasn't always there. So is that normal to get spots there? So it like is. You do on your face? It is. Um, and they're usually normal. Um, sometimes they might be a little cyst as opposed to like a mole or a freckle. But those things, just like when you go to the dermatologist to get all your moles checked, you should be getting all of your moles all over your body, including on your vulva, always checked every year to make sure they're not changing. So it could just be a freckle, really, or a mole. It could, but you need something that uh, needs to be looked at yearly. And do you, when you're doing your exams, if you see something that dermatologically, like it's not an STI and it's not anything else, like will you refer them for that reason? If it looks normal, I won't. I'll just document in the chart that, you know, patient has a new mole Freckle. and this is <laughs> and this is we call it a nevus um okay I'll, we mark I, you know i'll mark it on the chart and then just remember to look at it again next year and of course tell her to come in beforehand if she notices if it changes like the borders or the color or if it starts to bleed or Got any it. changes um this is i love these questions it's good um be honest so of course you're going to be honest. Oh, you're being honest with all of your answers, but this one started with be honest. Do you judge people's hair removal or grooming choices? Uh, so I hope that every patient that comes into her gynecology office does not feel judged at all. And I can, I can tell you with such honesty, there is absolutely no judgment to the point where I, I a year ago, I was at the grocery store at my local grocery store and I was in an aisle and this patient saw me and I, and I recognized her and you know, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to embarrass her. And I was checking out and she came up and she said, Dr. Vasquez, I just wanted to say hi, but I I was so embarrassed. And I said, why? You're my neighbor. We live in the same community. We shop at the same store. And she was like, because you've seen my vagina. And I felt like saying to her, I saw 20 other vaginas today. I could not tell you which one was yours compared to someone else's. So that kind of stuff. I mean, women have so many different grooming patterns that they... No judgment, no judgment whatsoever. Okay. Well, somebody, the next person asked, what percentage of people remove the hair from their vulva? Which was also interesting to me because she's not talking about like the mons or the pubic hair, like a bikini line. She's talking about like the underneath kind of vulva part. So that's an interesting question because, you know, we don't have data on that kind of information. You know, we don't, we don't take statistics on hair patterns. Um, But I can definitely tell you that it changes with the trends, I think, in society, you know. Uh, like five years ago, I felt like I wasn't seeing anybody. Nobody had any hair anywhere. And now there's this kind of, I think, re, rebirth of, um, you know, let, letting things be as nature intended. Um, I, I do think that still about 80% of women, I would say, still groom it in some, in some capacity. But um, 
definitely, I think the trends are changing. Um, so you said you, you see like 20 women a day. So 16 of them take the hair off their vulva. No, no, they, they groom. So whether they... Just in general. In general okay, yeah, underneath. they do something. Okay, they do something. Some, okay, um, But maybe I would say 40, 40 to 50%. I, okay. I think it depends on a... It depends on what kind of day it is. If it's, you know, a younger day where I'm seeing, you know, younger patients or... It really depends on, I think, the, the demographic and... Um, Are you saying the younger patients tend to remove Yes, but, yeah. you know, I'm seeing a lot of older women who have now started to remove their hair. Uh, you know, I think because laser is, is much more popular now, a lot of women... Um, I, I just had a patient the other day who... She said, I want to make sure to get um, all my hair lasered off before it turns gray because, you know, the gray hairs don't... They don't laser as well. And so she was apologizing for like the patches of hair that she had. And that's what I think is funny is women come in and they apologize for, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't have time to shave or I'm sorry, I, I'm on my period. And it's like, what are you talking about? That's what I'm here for. You know, it, it's not a good day if you're not having your period. So um, I, I think that the trends are definitely changing as far as hair patterns go. Yeah. The last question I had just about visuals that seemed like in the group of questions we got was, is it normal for the skin? See what I told you all the we're starting. Is it normal? Is it normal for the skin uh, to be much darker than the other skin on your body? I'm assuming this person means the skin of your Of your vulva. vulva. Yeah. Of your labia. Yeah. Of your labia. Yes. Of your labia. Um, yeah. So when we enter puberty and we have this increased fluctuation of uh, estrogen, the estrogen makes your vulva much darker. And this is more so for women who are of darker skin in general. And then when you go through closer to menopause, the skin will change again. The color will usually get a, a little bit paler because you're um, lacking that estrogen and the blood flow and the blood supply to your vulva. So it does become a little bit more pale. Interesting. So I know your company, it says it's, you said it's focused on women who are over 30 and like, because that's when estrogen starts to diminish in your body. What are some of the other things that happen when estrogen goes down besides the one that you just mentioned? Like the, the, the so, um, usually I never heard that your, your vagina gets lighter because yeah, of estrogen. that's very interesting. Yes. Around your, you know, mid forties to fifties, it'll start to get lighter. Um, so with the decline of estrogen, that's essentially you're, it's leading up to menopause. So with perimenopause, which is when our hormones, you know, you really start to feel the decline. You can have symptoms like hot flashes. Um, these are all due to decreasing levels of estrogen. So hot flashes, um, accelerated bone loss, um, sleep disturbances, mood swings, um, vaginal dryness, just overall skin dryness. Um, women tend to gain more weight around their, their central part, like around their, their bellies. You mentioned the dryness because I want to ask about that. We did have a question from someone and she said, is coconut oil okay? So it is. are we talking, first of all, when you say dryness, do you mean vaginal like interior or do you mean like the skin outside? Both. She might be talking oh, about so one or Just or like your facial, your face skin gets drier. Exactly. Exactly. It's just like your vagina and your vulva are just like every other part of your body. We, are, we you know, it's so underestimated how important estrogen is. And we, it's important for every organ system that we have, including the skin. We have millions of receptors, estrogen receptors all throughout our bodies, um, especially on our face and our vaginas and vulvas are extremely estrogen rich. And so we, we feel that the decline in, in hydration in both those areas. And what can we do about it? Nobody asked that. That's me asking. <laughs> 
you can do something like a feminine moisturizer. You can, which is basically... An, but that's for the outside? Or or for the inside, for either okay. one. Either one. And how do you know which is which? Like what's okay to go in and what's not? So it, the, it usually tells you. So there's some gels that are FDA approved. It, it, so for something to go inside your vagina, it needs to be FDA approved because it's considered a medical device. So the feminine moisturizers that go inside, um, those are FDA approved for for the your vagina. And then there are vulvar moisturizers, which are for the labia on the outside. I get confused about this um, because of like lubricants. It's interesting to me, like, I mean, just have a person who has had sex, like a lubricant's going to get inside your vagina if you're using it during it. But some of them are, they say like, do not put inside your vagina just for the outside. Like how can they put that with the sex stuff in a sex shop and not expect it to get inside of you? Uh, do you know what I mean? No, of course, of course. So most of those are FDA cleared. Um, okay, so, okay. Yeah, because because of that, because they know that it, it will um, go inside the vagina. Uh, and the difference between a lubricant and a feminine moisturizer is that a lubricant is meant to essentially use, be used just for intercourse. So you would put it on when you're about to have intercourse or having intercourse and feel like you need a little more hydration in the moment. A feminine moisturizer is for women who suffer from chronic vaginal dryness. So about 20% of women between the ages of 18 to 50 have complained of vaginal dryness at some point in their life, whether it's from... And they they feel a symptom... Regardless of if you're trying to have sex, that could be uncomfortable. Yeah, like every day walking okay. around, um, you know, just sitting here. Yes, they they feel they're they're. It's all it's for women who really suffer from chronic. It feels it can be miserable. They feel irritated. It itches. It might feel um, just like a burning sensation. I had okay. a patient describe it as she felt like it was like two pieces of sandpaper rubbing up against each other when she walked. I mean, that is that is a chronic. Um, symptom every day. And so that's when you would use a feminine, a feminine one. Exactly. Cause it's supposed to be a okay. long lasting, um, moisturizer. Okay. Got it. And that's sort of like the products that your company yes. makes, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's really clears up a lot. Thank you. Um, I want to move on to more skin questions. We've got a lot actually that not just about like the skin down there, but your facial skin as well. Um, for example, this one was, does birth control make your skin more susceptible to sun damage? So the great thing, I think, the great thing about birth control pills is that we have a million of pills on the market. And the most common side effects of birth control pills are that you might have bleeding in between your periods. Um, that's You'll hear that more so than anything else. But everyone reacts differently to the estrogen and the progesterone in a birth control pill. So not everyone will will be have higher sensitivity to sun, but definitely estrogen itself can um, can lead to something called melasma, where it's basically dark spots that are due to the to sun exposure, and it's usually we see it on the forehead and you know above the the lip, and we see this also also in pregnancy when your estrogen levels are high. So yes, there are some women who who may be extra sensitive to the hormones in their birth control pill, and it causes skin sensitivity. But I would never tell a patient oh, you know, don't get on birth control because of, you might be more sensitive to the sun. Okay. If we're talking about birth control pills, this is another person that literally started, be honest, (laughs) which pills are most likely to cause weight gain? Be honest. So honestly, the, the studies don't, this is, I think interesting, but the studies don't show that birth control pills lead to increased weight gain. But I can tell you anecdotally, the number of times that I hear this is at least two or three times a day. And definitely with progesterone only, um, 
hormonal therapy. So like the Depo-Provera injection, those women mm-hmm. do, the studies aren't as strong, but there are studies that do show that you do have an increase in weight gain with the Depo-Provera. And it's usually women who have a hard time um, already with weight that they do tend to gain more weight. And also the reality is that as we age, you know, the longer you're you're on the birth control pill and um, as we age, we all tend to gain a little bit of weight. And so it's hard to really distinguish, is that from the birth control pill or is that just life life going on. Yeah. Like if you switch your pills and now you're 30, not 20. Yeah, exactly. Maybe it was or just you life. stopped, you know, you stopped taking your pill to get pregnant and now you're post, you know, you've had all your babies and you're back on the birth control pill and now you're gaining weight. And you know, it's just because you're a little bit older. Summer is fast approaching, which means it's shapewear season. Just kidding. It's really wedding season. But I just got an invitation to a wedding in Philadelphia. And guess what I'll be wearing? Honey love. I'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress, but the shapewear is going to be honey love. Here's why. Honey love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus, they have lingerie-inspired design details that you'll want to show off, and all their fabrics are breathable to keep you nice and cool, which is perfect for hot days. Let me tell you a story. I remember being at a wedding, this was a few years ago, pre-Honey Love, and I wore a jumpsuit, and I wasn't sure if the bathroom door locked well, but I had to take off the entire jumpsuit and then roll down the shapewear to pee, and I was like holding onto the back of the door at the same time, completely naked in the bathroom, and it took so long, and I caused this whole backup of the bathroom line, and after that, I was like, never again. Until Honey Love came along. Honey Love's superpower shorts have a 100% cotton gusset so you don't have to wear underwear underneath. And there's a convenient opening in the underwear area so you don't have to take off the whole thing to go to the bathroom. It's so easy. Honey Love products make you look good and feel good. Whether it's for a wedding, event, an everyday boost of confidence, Honey Love is the perfect plus one. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com mascara. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. That's honeylove.com slash mascara. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Honeylove.com slash mascara for 20% off. The summer vibes are just getting started, so shape your life with Honey Love. Hey everyone, it's Jen, and I have decided this is going to be the summer of uniform dressing. I'm going to have a few pieces on heavy rotation, and I'm telling you right now, they're all going to be linen, and they're all going to be from Quince. I don't know why I'm going so hard on linen right now, but it just feels right. And Quince specializes in timeless pieces made of premium fabric, and the best part is that all the Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. I am personally very into the 100% European linen pants. They're cropped and easy. There's even a cute pinstriped version. And when I wear them, I look like I just stepped off a yacht. Do I have a yacht? No. Do I know what yachters wear? No, but that's the vibe. The linen pants come in sizes extra small to 3X and they're less than $40. Okay, like 10 cents less, they're $39.90. But the quality is excellent and they wash really well. How does Quince do it? They cut out the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to us. Plus, Quince works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash fat mascara for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com, Q-U-I-N-C-E, quince.com slash fat mascara to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash fat mascara. 
Okay, everyone, I am one of those people who, when it comes to wellness, sorry, but it's got to fit into the pockets of my day. Five minutes here, seven minutes there. When I'm like in the kitchen and I'm microwaving something long, it's got to be convenient. And that is why Aloe Moves works for me. My mindset has changed. The app makes it easy for me to keep my wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place and bite-sized little bits. Yoga, Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, healthy recipes, so much more. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flow or class that's going to fit into your schedule. Their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day. You know what feeling I'm feeling most days? I'm feeling 10 minutes. I've been doing that's good. Joanna Thompson's. Right? That's about it. Yeah. That's good. 10 minutes. Joanna Thompson does these yoga lotties in 10. One day will be abs. One day will be arms. Today, Jess, is booty day. And we're just (laughs) going to get it done all in 10 minutes. If you're trying to get a good sweat, then you've got to try their award-winning workouts like the sweat-inducing yoga flows or the reformer Pilates workouts without weights. You can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, learn to do dry brushing. How many times have we talked about dry brushing on this podcast? Aloe Moves will teach you how to do it. Unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use the code MASCARA20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. alomoves.com, code MASCARA20. Um, Another question that came up with regards to the pill was about acne. So somebody said, I had cystic acne, um, which cleared up immediately once I was on the pill. Will it come back if I stop taking the pill? It may. It may in the sense that, you know, a lot of acne is due to a progesterone effect and and also um, due to high androgen levels. So high testosterone levels, for example. And a lot of cystic acne is is really hormonal um, acne. So the birth control pill is probably stabilizing um, her hormones and decreasing her androgen hormones, the the, tes- the testosterone levels essentially. And it, if she gets off the pill, I think it's you know you can try it out and see what happens. But it's possible that um, it might come back. Yeah, it's not like it. It was like a cure. It was changing your levels, and when your levels returned to what they right. were. Um, I hope it doesn't for that listener. <laughs> yeah, if that's you know, their plan. But our hormones are constantly changing, constantly. So. Yeah. You, you never know. You might, you know, she might've been on this pill for, you know, t- five years and then stopped and her skin, w- it looks great because her hormones have now, as she aged, they've oh, now yeah. stabilized. So I, you know, I think it's worth a try. And if it doesn't work, go back on the pill if you can. Um, another question uh, we got about birth control was, can my birth control, and I'm assuming, I'm assuming they're meaning one that affects your hormone levels here, not like a condom, make me bruise more easily. Have you ever heard that? You know, the only thing that I, I can think of for that is the next we have, there's an implant that we can put in your arm and Mm -hmm. the placement of that implant can definitely cause a lot of bruising in the arm, but birth control in general doesn't usually cause bruising. It's not one of the more common side effects. So that would be something if someone's bruising more easily, they should talk to their doctor. Yeah, I would. I would. Like, don't just assume that. Yeah. And I think, you know, for everything I'm giving a kind of an overall, I think that this is not clearly your annual exam right here, this, this podcast. You know, you need to go talk to your doctor um, to make not. sure that yes. you... Good yes. disclaimer, thank you. <laughs> to make sure that, you know, everyone is different and everyone has specifics to their medical history and what medications they're on 
and all, all things that, that really, you know, that's why you don't go to your doctor as a group. You go one-on-one because everyone is different. Yeah. So, um, I, I, yes, I would, I would check in with your doctor if you are bruising. Um, here's another skin question, which I hadn't heard, but maybe you have. Can having more sex make your skin clearer? I love that. So there are no studies that prove that having more sex will make your skin clearer. But I think there is, uh, you can kind of extrapolate that if you're having more sex and you're, you're happy and you're loving your life and you're loving your partner and you're loving your intercourse and loving the whole, the whole thing, that probably is, is helping your overall stress levels, which has to, you know, stress increases cortisol levels. And so I think probably the overall happiness is what's leading to your good skin. So does, go for it. Keep going. Does having sex lower your cortisol levels? Well, stress. I'm, I'm saying, you know, if you're... Right, no, but I'm saying if you are stressed, does oh. having sex bring down cortisol levels? If, it, if it's... It's an interesting question. If it's decreasing your stress levels, then I don't know if it... I'll be honest. I don't know if it brings down your cortisol levels. Okay, okay. I don't know. Sex... Mood-wise, yes, <laughs> yes. let's say. yes you'd be happier. Okay. That makes sense to me. Um, another thing that comes up a lot that people ask about, um, with regards to their skin is PCO, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yeah. Is that they're correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we get a lot of questions about this because I know it has some effects on your looks, on your hair, on your skin, acne. What's going on there and why can that cause problems with your skin? And how do you know if you have PCOS? PCOS is so difficult. It's it's a hard diagnosis um, to really pinpoint. Um, essentially, it's a problem. It's an ovulatory dysfunction. So you're not ovulating on a regular basis. And it's also um, uh, w- women who have PCOS, they have spaced out periods where they'll go many months without a period, and then they'll have like a very light period, or then they'll go many months and have an incredibly heavy period. Um, so it's basically a disconnect in, in uh, your hormones. And these women also tend to have um, higher testosterone levels, which can lead to um, this terrible acne that is hard to control with other medications. Um, and it's it's really, you know, almost incredibly painful acne. Um, and it also, women with PCOS tend to have what we call hirsutism, where they have ex- excess hair, more of like a mm-hmm. male pattern hair, where... Um, they might have it on their faces, uh, you know, along their, but it's like very thick and coarse. It's a much coarser hair, like, like men where they have it on, um, their abdomens on on their bellies or on the insides of their legs. And, you know, we kind of, it's a diagnosis of putting a few pieces of a puzzle together. And, um, you know, if you do have PCOS, it can lead to things like you might have some issues getting pregnant, um, you're at higher risk for diabetes and high blood pressure um, and obesity. And so it is, it definitely is a tough, um, a tough syndrome to have. And, you know, luckily, you know, if you even, a lot of these women have problems with obesity. So if you can even just decrease your weight by 5%, um, it's extremely helpful to, you know, get your periods on track. And um, I've heard from dermatologists that they're the one that ended up diagnosing or helping the person get diagnosed with PCOS because they didn't have um, abnormal periods, but they had some of those skin and hair issues that you were talking about. Have you ever yeah, heard of that? Yes, I have many times. PCOS takes, can sometimes can take a while to diagnose. It can take a while because it's not easy. It's not very, it's not straightforward always. So we got a lot of questions about PCOS, do, but how prevalent is it really? You know, the, it's probably around 10%, um, give or take a few percentage points. 
Um, but I, I actually feel like I, we hear it. We hear and are diagnosing PCOS patients all, all the time. So it feels like it's more, but I, the studies I think show about that percentage, 10 percentage. That's good to know. And also good for people who have any of the symptoms that you just talked about and might not know where they're coming from. Um, okay, let me just see where we are with our questions. We have a couple more. Oh, that had to do with aging, which I think is interesting because they were talking about hormone replacement therapy. When can someone start thinking about hormone replacement therapy? Which my thought was like, am I supposed to be thinking about hormone replacement therapy? <laughs> <laughs> this is good. I'm getting advice too. <laughs> I just love that they assumed that you are supposed to be thinking about it. No. You know, I didn't. You need to know your options. Uh, yeah. Okay. You so should. what is it, and when should you be thinking? So, about it? so hormone replacement therapy is usually something that is more for women who have gone through menopause, and the average woman in the United States goes through menopause at the age of 51. And usually, we give hormone replacement therapy if you have symptoms associated that are bothersome. Um, that are associated with menopause. So if you feel great and you're doing fine and you know you didn't even realize that you went through menopause, that's how good you feel, then then it's not something for you. But if you know if you're really suffering and it's impacting your quality of life, things like hot flashes or or the vaginal dryness or the the um the mood swings and you know a combination of all of the uh, symptoms that go along with menopause, then I would say you know you should really consider hormone replacement therapy if you're a candidate for it um because it it does have the most robust scientific evidence behind it. And it is, um, so, so efficacious. So is it pills or shots? So or? there are lots of different options. You can do patches, okay. you can do oral, um, you can do sprays. So there are lots of options for hormone replacement therapy. But having said that, you know, perimenopause is the time period leading up to menopause where your hormones start to decline and they really fluctuate. Um, and it's usually about one to five years prior to menopause. And some women suffer for up to 10 years prior to menopause. And um, you're, you know, at, at that point, you no start to notice that your periods start to space out. And, you know, they, um, there's sometimes you might have, you go three months without a period and then you have an incredibly heavy period or you'll bleed twice in a month and you feel like you're bleeding all the time. And so for that, those kind of symptoms, we do give hormones um, to kind of regulate you as you're going through this fluctuation because perimenopause is so unpredictable. And I think mm. sometimes the, the how unpredictable it is can can be really um, distressing for patients because they don't know when they're going to bleed. You know, they've had all these normal periods and then up all, to all of a sudden they start to have all these abnormal periods and then they're starting to have hot flashes and they don't really know what's going on. So it is a nice transition um, hormones into menopause and then you can consider hormone replacement therapy if, if the symptoms continue. I don't know if this next person's going to like that answer because their question was, um, can it help with wrinkles? Like I'm assuming they don't really have any of the symptoms of menopause or perimenopause that you were just yeah. talking about. They just don't want to have wrinkles. <laughs> so we do. Is that, and I've heard that actually being like, you know, writing about beauty, like some people are like HRT. Actually, we had a guest once. And she was just like, it's great for your skin. It is. If it is, okay. but it's not meant for that. That is not the indication for hormone replacement therapy. And why it's so great is because our skin, like I said, is so dependent on estrogen. And so once our skin gets depleted of the estrogen, you know, we need estrogen to produce collagen, to produce hyaluronic acid, to produce elastin, all those things that keep your skin, you know, hydrated and supple and dewy. And so as our estrogen levels decline, our ability to produce those important compounds or molecules, you know, diminishes. And so that's why when you do take hormone replacement therapy, it's kind of helping the, the, you know, the lack of 
the collagen and the hyaluronic acid and the elastin, all of that is kind of, you're replacing it with the hormone replacement therapy. You're essentially replacing your estrogen. Wait, this is making me thinking think that like all of these celebrities I see over 50 are on, or have HRT. Oh, like, I mean, I wouldn't be, you, you. Because yeah. their skin looks like not through, well, that it's might been be, through menopause. That might be well, th- that and something else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I would hope to think that they got on the hormone replacement therapy because they were having menopausal symptoms. And then they got the added benefit of the beautiful aspects of, you know, having hormones, having your estrogen replaced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, somebody asked, is there is there ways, are there ways to balance hormones naturally that will help wrinkles? So I'm assuming they mean like internally, like you're not going to go on hormone replacement therapy. Maybe your estrogen is going down. You're at that point in your life. Is there anything supplementally that could help with that? Um, you know, unfortunately there's no way to reverse time and nature and there, there's no way to, you know, bump up our hormone levels. Like if we ate a ton of soy, like that's not going to like all of a sudden give us like estrogen back to where we were. No, unfortunately, no. She's shaking her head at me like, no. like that. Was, <laughs> no. But you know, when people hear about like, oh, there's a phytoestrogens and things. Well, so that's what, what my, um, my product line includes is, is those estrogen mimicking compounds that are plant-based. Um, and so we, I have a facial moisturizer that basically uses the phytoestrogens to help support those estrogen receptors that are depleted. So it's not estrogen. So topically, you could yes. be doing some benefits. Yes. And so is that an ingredient, uh, phytoestrogens, that people should yeah. look for in a topical product if they... Is it for moisture? It is it is. for wrinkles? It, it, no, a little no. bit of both? Well, so you need estrogen. I mean, so we, we've seen that as your estrogen levels decline, you're more likely to have fine, fine lines and wrinkles, and your skin's going to get thin and get dry. And so if you can supplement, you know, those estrogen receptors that aren't capable of helping support the collagen production, then yeah, go for it. Use yeah. And by supplement, you mean supplement topically. Yes, I don't want to confuse correct, people correct. with like, because you know, when you take an oral supplement, no, 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 no. that word. Yeah, yeah. No, it means you're just giving them a little like sidekick, like yeah, a little boost. A little extra pep moisture. in your step. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. I think we got to most of our questions. I did not prepare you for this, but we do this with every guest. It's like an easy speed round about you to get to know you a little bit better because I know this wasn't about you, but I mean, it is. You're a gynecologist. And I want to know who you are. Um, can I ask you the Fat Mascara 5? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The first question from our Fat Mascara 5, what beauty product do you remember falling in love with first? Like the first product you ever tried and really liked? Uh, you know, I don't, I, I just got into beauty products probably in the last 10 years. It was probably, um, I, I, I've never even used beauty products up until 10 years ago. Um, so I would probably say, I think I started with like a vitamin C serum. That was where oh, I started. You went all, okay. That speaks to the age that you started and the fact that you're a doctor. <laughs> you went all in. I like it. Um, what quality do you admire most in other people? Honesty. Good one. If there was one rule you wish everybody would follow, what would it be? Wear a mask. Oh, I have not heard that yet, and that's an excellent answer. Okay, if there was a movie made of your life, who would narrate it? Uh, I would like my mother to narrate it. Excellent. And last one, what's the most played song on your playlist right now? Just be honest. Don't name a cool song. Like, no, what you, what you, <laughs> I'm like trying to think between my kids, like Dora, and my, and my own music. We've had the Wiggles as an answer. Okay, so. I, like, um, 
I think we, we've been listening to the weekend because of the Super Bowl. So a lot of the weekend. Oh, that makes sense. See, there you go. Was it so no, hard, right. was it? You're right. I mean, compared to the questions you get from patients, I feel like that was fun. <laughs> Okay, that was so informative. I hope you guys enjoyed Dr. Vasquez as much as I did and learned a lot. It is now time to raise a wand. So you know the deal. I want to hear more raise a wands. My voicemail is not full. I need to fill up this voicemail inbox, guys. Give me a call, 646-481-8182. Leave a little message with the product that you love, why you love it, and your voice can be featured on Fat Mascara. You can also email us a voice memo if that's easier. It actually sounds better. And the email is info at fatmascara.com. Okay, time to raise a wand. Let me just pull this up, this product. Okay, so I heard about this product from Kirby Johnson over at the Los Angeles Podcast. I don't know if you heard our joint episodes that we did together, but when we were talking, she was all about her trend for 2021 was anti-inflammaging. And she was telling us about this serum um, that helps with inflammaging. I still can't say that, right? But basically the cellular inflammation that causes all sorts of issues with your skin as you get older. So this serum has a proprietary uh, molecule, HX1, that supports your your stem cells in your skin and sort of counteracts that aging process that has to do with inflammation. And so after, you know, I was like, I was skeptical as I was listening to her because of course I didn't have the studies like right in front of me to refer to. You know how I am. So later on, I looked at them and I dug into this product a little more and I was like, okay, Garby, I'll give it a try. You guys, I hit bottle bottom, which rarely, rarely happens for me with a serum. As you know, I'm a big fan of the Skin Medica TNS, um, which is an epidermal growth factor serum. That is my end-all, be-all anti-aging serum. Not cheap, over 200 bucks. This is not cheap either. It's over 200 bucks. I'm sorry. This is what works for me. I paused on the TNS. I spent a whole month just using the Hero, which is spelled H-E-R-A-U-X. Actually kind of a similar um, texture. These serums sink right in. They're light. These are not moisturizers. These are active, active anti-aging serums. And damn, this one is good. Now for someone like me with rosacea, which I feel like is an inflammatory condition. So like when my skin looks quote unquote like old, which it's not even old, who freaking cares? Like just when it's not looking like, like I want it to look, It's drier and maybe you'll see some texture, but the big issue for me is vascularity and redness. Like it'll be just all red around my nose and I'll just look kind of puffy and just the puffiness is what makes the texture to me a little more apparent. This serum is like, if you have an inflammatory skin condition, I say try it. Try it before you, definitely before you do a retinoid or any sort of active anti-ager, um, you know, the speed cell turn, turnover. This works in a totally different way. Um, and it really worked for me. I don't know. I hope it works for you too. Uh, it is, hold on, let me find the price. I think it was $212. I am telling you good proprietary ingredients cost money. So I understand that's a lot for you. And I will start to look around to see if there's any um, less expensive products that kind of do the same type of thing. I'm not sure we're going to find them. Um, so thank you to Kirby for introducing me to this product. And um, I'll put a link on the blog so you guys can check it out as well. And that's it. Get excited on Tuesday. Oh, my partner in crime, my favorite person will be back. I can't wait to welcome Jess back to the show. Get your beauty sleep, everyone. See you soon. 
We hope you enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com. We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love. To share a Razor One product review or to ask a beauty question, email us at info at fatmascara. If you send it as a voice memo file, we can even share your voice on the podcast. You can also do that by leaving us a voice message. Our phone number in the United States is 646-481-8182. Thanks so much for listening. 